This episode of the Case for Safety podcast is sponsored by Safety 2024. Registration is now open for Safety 2024 in Denver. Join us Wednesday, August 7th through Friday, August 9th to connect with your safety community and get up to speed on the latest knowledge and innovations in the field. Learn more and register at safety.assp.org. A quick note before we begin this week's show, for those of you who listen on Google Podcasts, that application will be shut down in April of 2024, so we encourage you to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, really excited for today's episode where we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence or AI, uh, what it means for occupational safety and health, what's on the horizon, a whole lot more. And here to share his perspective on that, I'm happy to welcome Matt Law, Manager of Customer Safety Strategy at Granger. Matt, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. It's good to be here. Uh, really excited, as I mentioned. Of course, this is a, a huge topic that's been out there a lot in, in recent months and has implications really uh, across all industries, safety and health being no exception. But to, to kind of kick things off, I thought we could start with the basics, get folks familiar with the terminology. So, you know, when we say artificial intelligence or AI, you know, what are we talking about? Yeah, so Scott, uh, so before we start, I just want to say the views and opinions expressed in this presentation are my own and do not necessarily represent Granger's position, opinion, or strategy. And I'm not here in my capacity as a representative of Granger. So Scott, this is going to be my longest answer uh, because it is something that I want to set straight with our uh, our, our profession, right? Um, there's a lot to learn about artificial intelligence, but a good way to define artificial intelligence is as a computer system that shows behavior in a way that could be interpreted as human intelligence provided the system is dealing with pattern matching. So the key question to ask of anything that could be AI or claims to be AI is, is it really intelligent or is it just designed to seem intelligent? The best example I can give is the Chinese Room argument, which Doug Rose presents in his Introduction to Artificial Intelligence course, which can be found on LinkedIn Learning. So imagine yourself at a windowless room with one mail slot on the door. This mail slot is your only method of communication with the outside world. You have a phrase book on a desk and a bunch of post-it notes with Chinese symbols on the floor. Now, the book tells you which response you should use to answer each note that comes through the mail slot. Your phrasebook says, if you see this sequence, respond with this sequence. You have no idea what the notes say or what the symbols mean because they are in Chinese Mandarin. You simply follow the instructions given by the phrasebook, matching patterns and symbols. The person on the other side of the mail slot may think you are fluent in Chinese Mandarin, but you are only following a set of rules that allow you to appear fluent. So in this way, a system may appear intelligent, but it is really just matching patterns based on the information that has been given. If you try asking your smart home personal assistant like a complicated question, it will likely respond with, I don't know that, or here's what I found, instead of giving you a direct answer to your question. I mean, the reality is that most AI that we see being used today is still 
considered very weak AI. Truly strong artificial intelligence is still very much science fiction. The last thing I'll say here is that machine learning is the most prominent and promising form of AI we see today. This is a process in which machines start by identifying patterns and then learn more as they work through additional data. These systems use data like we use our five senses and continuously grow or learn through observation. Great foundation. I really like that example. Think about this in terms of, you know, what it means for safety and safety professionals. What are, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, some, some practical applications you're seeing out there in the field. So right now, as I found in my research and some of the interviews that I've done with some of the firms that are working with AI and safety right now, there's only one true version of AI that's actively being marketed, and that's computer vision. So this is a process in which a system analyzes images and video captured during safety inspections or monitoring processes. Uh, so organizations can use these systems to identify hazards, equipment malfunctions, and unsafe practices. Uh, computer vision is extremely useful for proactively identifying issues that humans would normally miss. There are other potential applications of AI, such as data analysis and pattern recognition, risk prediction and early warning systems, and even natural language processing for compliance monitoring. And I think we'll definitely see in the near future, and some existing EHS software firms are piloting the augmentation of their systems using those applications, but we haven't really seen a true form of AI marketed for these applications. It's only computer vision at the moment. Going off of that, you know, what are what are some trends you see out there along those lines of where it's going as we look, you know, a year, five years down the line? I know it can, can be hard to say, especially with this kind of technology, but what are some other emerging trends you're seeing that could change the way safety professionals do their jobs in the future? Well, you're right. It's really hard to predict. I mean, realistically, AI has only very recently gone mainstream in a way that almost everybody has heard of it and has started to ask questions and think about how it can be used. So because of this, we can't really yet put a number to how we think AI application and safety will grow in the future. However, what we can say is that there's more noise in the market and there's definitely more demand. Personally, I think this will look similar to EHS software trends. In the last decade or so, the software market for tracking inspections, incidents, safety data sheets, and other things in safety has exploded. We have more firms offering safety software than ever before. That market is starting to plateau, but it continues to grow as it becomes more affordable and more accessible to folks who need something better than pen and paper and spreadsheets to get their work done. In the same way, even though right now there are only a handful of firms offering true AI solutions and safety at the moment, I think this will exponentially grow as the perspective applications I mentioned become real and as organizations start to discover the value of implementation. On, on that note, you, you mentioned the, the example there about these technologies being able to you know, scan work sites and maybe spot things that a human safety professional may not see. How would you encourage safety professionals to kind of tap into that or how can they use these tools to help them do their jobs better? Well, so the first thing I'm going to say here is that there's no need for safety professionals to start learning how to program AI. I don't build software for safety, but I buy software. Right now, it's more important for safety professionals to get this baseline knowledge of what AI is and what it could potentially do in safety. They really need to start to brainstorm what issues they think could be solved by AI 
and start pushing on the vendors who develop AI to solve these issues. But that's really what the future looks like to me. I mean, we face real persistent issues every day as safety professionals. Even as total recordable injury rates continue to decline, our fatality rates have stagnated and even increased in recent years, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. As AI continues to rapidly evolve, safety professionals will be able to use it to augment their work, solve problems we couldn't solve before, and start to make a significant impact on workplace safety. The last thing I'll say here, just to put this to bed, is that AI and machine learning cannot, should not, and, and really is not intended to replace the human. It is intended to enhance the human's ability to perform, and that's really what I see for safety professionals in the future. You mentioned the, the importance of you know, safety professionals getting acclimated to this, and I agree completely. So, you know, for somebody coming into this thinking, I, I'm not familiar with any of this. I, you know, I, I don't know what AI is. You know, where's a good place to start that learning process so they can understand these tools and how they could tap into them to, to improve safety at their job sites? Yeah, well, you know, look, shameless plug here. Uh, I, I would definitely encourage everyone to come to session number 6030 at Safety 2024 in August. Um, I really hope to see everyone in Denver this year. And I think we're going to have a good conversation around artificial intelligence and safety. Now, earlier I mentioned Doug Rose's Introduction to Artificial Intelligence course on LinkedIn Learning. There are also a lot of other short courses out there on AI, and I think safety professionals should use those to you know, build that foundational knowledge to start brainstorming and about how AI can and will be used in safety in the future. The last thing I'll say here, and this is definitely something that I've started doing, is to start asking questions of the vendors that are currently marketing computer vision and safety and the ones that are starting to use AI to augment their EHS software platforms. You know, I mentioned that to my knowledge, computer vision is the only true AI application marketed to safety at the moment. But, you know, ask questions about the effectiveness, the implementation process, and start asking questions about data privacy, ethics behind AI. These are all things that are going to matter as this continues to develop and evolve and see if it makes sense for your workplace. Like I said, I think there's a lot of applications where this is gonna make a difference in the future, but we really have to evaluate how we're going to use that, how we're going to give AI good data and make it evolve in the right way so that we can really make a difference in workplace safety. I love what you said there about, you know, seeing if it makes sense. And in conversations I've had with with other folks about this, you know, the emphasis being on, you know, AI is a tool and, you know, it has to, you, we have to look at, you know, how we can use it and how it can be used properly to to achieve what, what we want to achieve. So I think that's really important for people to keep in mind is, you know, you know, this should not replace the knowledge of a safety professional, but just thinking about how it can, you know, best supplement what, what you're already doing to help you achieve your goals. Absolutely. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but how do you think, you know, this, this could potentially change the face of occupational safety and health into the future? Are there implications that you're seeing of, you know, potential technologies that could make certain tasks easier, certain processes more efficient, anything like that? Yeah, I, you know, in those those potential applications that are coming up with uh, with natural language processing and data analytics and things like that, you know, we spend a lot of time gathering data for our jobs. 
Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, doing inspections and doing compliance monitoring and all of these things, gathering data. And a lot of times it just kind of sits there. We're not able to put all of that stuff together in a in a way that makes sense or helps us, you know, find trends that are really going to help us address the the issues that we're we're having the most problems with. I think what's going to happen with AI is we're just going to have a better, more efficient way to analyze that data. Now, I mentioned before, AI is not, it's demonstrating intelligent. It's not actually intelligent, right? It's, it's not able to process things in the same way that we do. So when we gather information, if we gather poor information, we're going to get poor outcomes from that data output from AI. So one of the things that we're really going to have to do with this system is really think about how we gather data. Are we gathering the right data? And are we looking for the right outcomes when we, when we use that data? Because that's the only way we're going to train AI to be really useful is if we're training it in the right way. Um, again, Machine learning learns through learns through data and continue continuously evolves in that way. Um, and if we if we feed it the wrong data, we'll get the wrong outcomes. So that's something we're really going to have to work on as safety professionals uh, is is making sure that we're looking at safety in the right way um, and feeding the right data. Think about how difficult it is for a safety professional to explain what they do to somebody who's not a safety professional. In the same way, we're going to have to have that conversation with AI to make sure that AI is able to learn how to be a good safety professional and do its job well. The other thing I'll bring up here again is that data privacy piece. This is something that we really, and I, I, the, the vendors that I've talked to are very aware of this, right? We've had a lot of different things happen with data privacy over the years with just software in general, uh, data leaks, privacy breaches, whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, protecting the data that you have using really good, you know, data encryption systems. Uh, you have to think about your workers as well that you're gathering data on. So there has to be a de-identification of the worker in some way, uh, making sure that they're protected. And then as you're making sure that happens, being transparent with your workforce and your workers about the data that's being gathered, how it's being used, and, and what this means to them and to the workplace. So there's a lot of different considerations in there that we have to have uh, as we're thinking about implementing AI. You know, I, I think that right now, ChatGPT and some of these large language models are are really useful tools, and I think we can start to play with them. But we also have to think about where does that information go, how is it protected, and you know, make sure that we're keeping ourselves, our organizations, and our workers safe as we uh, as we play with these different tools. That's a very important point. Uh, yeah, you're uploading, you know, potentially proprietary information into into these systems. And what happens after that? That basically when you've done that, you've lost control of, of that information. Potentially it's it's out there and you know what that could potentially mean for for your company. Yeah. And even things like data storage, right? So we rely on cloud systems a lot now for data storage. Is the cloud the right place to store the data 
that you gather for, for whatever safety observations you're making, or does it need to be stored locally on an encrypted hard drive that nobody else has access to? And some of the vendors are, are thinking about that. Uh, they've, they've started to localize the system to where it's, it's on site, it goes to your hard drive, it is encrypted. Uh, other folks are talking about end-to-end decryption. So, you know, think about taking a video with your phone. A lot of apps that you take videos or photos with, it goes to your, your photo booth or, or whatever your photos are stored on your phone, right? Um, and a lot of times that gets pushed to a cloud. Now, some of these vendors that are using mobile devices to gather information for AI, they're encrypting it within the application itself. So it does not go to your your photo reel. It only goes to that system and it is fully encrypted and protected. So that's a that's another way that that data is being protected. But again, a lot of this stuff is so new. Some of these vendors are startups. I mean, it's it's the exact same thing that we saw with EHS software. A lot of startup companies starting to take advantage of this stuff and uh, start from scratch. But I think in the lessons that we've learned in recent history about data privacy, a lot of that is being taken into account. Um, and it's just something that we need to be aware of and push on these vendors to make sure that we're all protected. Right. That's a very good point. It, it, yeah, this, this technology raises a lot of questions and we need to be asking those questions of the people providing that technology. Anything, uh, anything else you'd like to add? Well, you know, the last thing I'll add here is as a researcher, you know, I, I found that we still don't have a lot of information about current AI application and safety. What I've given you here is, I, I mean, I know a little bit beyond what we've talked about today. But we still don't have a, a lot of information here. And I found some case studies and a little bit of academic research, um, but we really need more. If anybody's listening to this and you have an example of how you have used AI in safety, I'd encourage you to please reach out to me. I would love to collaborate and, and hear your story. Um, and I'd love to see everybody in Denver in August. Definitely. Uh, thank, you, thank you for the reminder. Hope to see everybody in, in Denver at, uh, at Safety 2024. Well, uh, thank you so much again for coming on, Matt. This is such great information. Again, this is something that you know has implications in, in safety and beyond. And I, you've uh, really given our listeners a lot, of, a lot of things to think about, a lot of questions to ponder on. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Scott. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and be sure to leave a review to help others find the show. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org. We'll see you next time.